Hey friends, welcome to Wild Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Ainsley B. I'm so excited you're here today. During our time together, we're gonna hear some incredible stories on how to find, keep, and share your wild confidence in Christ. Hey friends, welcome back. My friend Darnell Barrett is here with us. He is a husband and father of two precious angels, and he's also the worship pastor at Hillsong, New Jersey, um, which is actually how we met. Or you you met Justin before you and I met, right? Yeah, I met Justin Justin at a, uh, I think a Hillsong conference, actually. We were driving, and I met him there. So yeah, I met him before you. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you met... <laughs> Yeah, you met him before you met me because y'all were or y'all introduced me and Marissa, your yes. beautiful wife. Yes, yes. And it was history from there. We all became besties, right? Yes. New Orleans trips, <laughs> New Year's Eve trips. It's been great. It's, it's been fun. so much fun. Um, our trip to Mexico was a blast. <laughs> yes, I forgot about Mexico. That was great. <laughs> that was so fun. And really, Darnell, whenever I was thinking about you for the podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, like I want everyone to hear your story. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it. I the reason I, I kind of thought about it was whenever I heard it, when we were sitting at a table in Mexico and it was just... I was blown away. Like yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh. And you are such a great storyteller. So mm-hmm. you went through a bit of a rediscovering your identity, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, so when I was about uh, two or three, um, my brother and I were given up for adoption um, or literally left by uh, my biological mother. Um, she left us with the uh, the local, I mean, I don't know if this was the case for you, but growing up, we had that one lady who lived on the street, who or lived on our street at least, who uh, had all the candies, had all the snacks. She was like the lady. She was like the neighborhood lady that everyone loved. And so my mom left my brother and I with, with that lady uh, and said that she was going to get milk classic story, uh, and just never came back. And so from there, um, my brother and I were put into a foster care system. Uh, and my brother actually was adopted by the family that we're in now. Uh, and uh, the agency came to this family, now family of five, uh, and said to them, hey, listen, um, he has a little brother um, and we don't want to separate them. Um, do you mind taking uh, him as well? And my now family said to them, well, we can't, it's five kids, um, you know, we just can't, you know, financially, um, sanity wise, we can't do it. And so they said, well, could you, could you watch him until we find a family for him? And so the story goes, um, I'm with them for two months and um, yeah, they couldn't, you know, when, when the agency came, came back and, and, so that we, they they found me a home. They, um, excuse me. They said that um, you know they could not give me back. Um, and from there, um, I sort of you know I didn't find out this story until I was uh, maybe 11, 11 or twelve. And you know, one of my cousins uh, inadvertently told me that I was adopted. And so up until that point, I didn't know that I was actually adopted. I felt like I was a part of this family. I felt like. Um, 
you know, I, I felt like this was just this was my family. I was I was a barrett and, and that, that that was that. But the day that I found out wow. that I wasn't I wasn't a part or wasn't at least by blood a part of that family, uh, it's really set me on a on a course where I questioned who I was. I questioned, um, you know, what I was about. I questioned everything. I questioned literally everything about about my life and um, and from there, sort of just always wanted and desired to know who who I was, who my family was. You know, I had never seen myself in anyone else, um, you know. And uh, yeah, it just sort of set me on a course to kind of figure that out. But yeah, that 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 was a, a time for sure, tough time for sure. So what was like going through your mind as a little, I mean, 11, 12-year-old, like how mm. was that? shaping you like what was going on because I can't imagine that dose of reality you know yeah well I mean I think everyone longs to especially in that age um to be accepted and to be embraced and feel desired and wanted and and I think uh in 11 or 12 to have to come to the terms of the fact that you know a family uh didn't want you a mom didn't want you it kind of made you question: Was there something inherently uh, in me that was undesirable? Um, did I say something? Did I, did I do something? Did I, you know, cry a little bit too hard? You know, it, it sort of uh, gave it, it gave me like this. Uh, I would I would say it gave me, but it, it kind of maybe revealed an insecurity in me that um, that if I'm honest to this day, I still I still face. Um, you know, mm-hmm. wanting to uh, make sure that I'm not doing too much or saying too much to irritate uh, anyone in the room um, because I, I don't want anyone to uh, neglect or, or reject me. And so, um, yeah, it, it was it was a lot. That is a lot. I mean, that is crazy <laughs> for such yeah. a young person to go through. And it's kind of interesting, like, and this is just very Ainsley to bring the Enneagram into this, but <laughs> you and I are both Enneagram twos. Yeah. And yeah. that, like that moment is probably what cemented your, your kind of that, that core desire yeah. that aligns with the Enneagram two, which is to be wanted and to feel loved. And, and um, it's just funny because, you know, my, story mirrors that with my dad always having abandonment issues with him. He wouldn't show up to come pick me up sometimes. And uh, the restoration that we have found is I think miraculous. And the restoration that you have found is even more miraculous. Can you like, okay, tell everyone, I need everyone to know like (laughs) the story of your birth father, your birth mother, and like all of that. Certainly. So I, um, so when I was 18 or maybe 16, I, I was like, you know what? One day I'm going to find them. Um, I'm going to find my, my birth mom. I'm going to find my birth dad. I just want to want to see him. I want to see myself in someone. I want to know if I look like my mom or why do I smile like this? Why do I have, why is my, my head shaped funny? It has to do with, you know what I mean? Like I had all these questions that, um, that I needed answered. And so the years and years and years of, of looking and searching, um, 2018, I, I was sitting outside of my, my favorite burger joint here in Jersey. Uh, and I just did a simple, uh, well, actually my, my adopted parents 
um, gave me the adoption paperwork that they originally thought they had lost in um, a house fire that we had when we were younger. Uh, and, you know, I plugged in some names from that, those documents uh, and um, some names came up, a number came up, which happens to be the number to um, my grandmother, my mom's mom. Uh, I called and, and I said, hey, um, this may seem awkward and weird, uh, but I promise you this isn't, this isn't a scam, but uh, my name is, uh, you know, Darnell. My original name was Darcel. My mom's name is Renee. Uh, she gave us up for adoption. Went through the whole story. Uh, and um, my grandmother is kind of like confused. She's like, you know, what's your name? You know, who's your mom's name? And then my mom's sister uh, is in the background and, and she grabs the phone. She says, who's this? And then, you know, she says something that I'll never forget. She says, we've been looking for you, which um, <laughs> is, is, it was a sense of, of just, uh, just something you wanted to hear. I, I needed to yeah. hear that after, you know, then I was you know, 29, at 29 years old was the words that I felt like were very liberating for me. Uh, and then, um, yeah, started having conversations, found out that my mom actually passed away uh, in 2006 from breast cancer, but my dad was still alive. And I went on to, to talk to my dad, meet my dad, have coffee with my dad. And yeah, and we're still sort of in the, the throes of, of uh, reconciliation and restoration. But it's, it's, been, um, it's been interesting, to say the least. Yeah. And every time that you tell that story, I mean, I've, I've heard it multiple times and I yeah. literally cry every time at the same spot. And it's that part that, you know, they say, we've been looking for you. Yeah. Like yeah. that is just, it, I mean, it, it's crazy how like you're on parallel paths, you're searching, they're searching and it finally comes to this crossroads and yeah. it's like, we've been looking for you. And I mean, wow, it just blows my mind. And the reason that they couldn't find you is because your name was different, right? You were, your birth name was different. It was Darcel. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So thankfully my, my adoptive parents changed my name. I don't know if I could live down uh, Darcel. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, no offense to anyone who's listening whose name is Darcel. I'm sure you're great. I'm sure you are <laughs> incredible men or women. But um, for me, I don't know if it'll work for me. Um, yeah, so they couldn't find me because of that. But also, um, for legal reasons, they can't. They couldn't search for me. I had to search for them. Uh, and wow. so, yeah, it, it was it was insane. It was even more insane is that my dad lived. My biological father lived. Uh, maybe five minutes away from where, excuse me, we were living at the time. Stop. And so there would have been, and, and my, my biological father would say, you know, he'd be in the grocery store just, you know, looking at, um, you know, any little black boy in the, in the store to say, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that's my son. And, and it's, it's funny because I, I would go into a store, uh, you know, looking for, you know, a tall black man. Maybe that's my dad. So it's just this this weird, um, this weird sort of dichotomy, I guess. Of like, man, like it's it's weird. It's weird. It's cool, but it's weird. 
and fun. (laughs) It is. It is all of those things. Hey, if you have enjoyed Wild Confidence Podcast so far, I have something even better. We have launched a Patreon where you can get bonus content, Enneagram extras, and exclusive live Q&As. Head to patreon.com forward slash wild confidence to join us and support the podcast so we can continue. So what were like your first words, I guess, to your dad? Like what is, what was that like? Um, well, our first, our first conversation was over the phone and, um, you know, it was, I was delighted. I, I was excited. I was, um, obviously very emotional. Um, but you know, those feelings of, of, of excitement soon turned into, uh, anger and frustration, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, my first words were, you know, Hey, you know, I love you and, and I want to see you, but soon, you know, I had questions like, you know, why, you know, why didn't you search a little harder? You know, why, Yeah. you know, if, if mom did this, why didn't you step up to the plate? And so that gave way to, um, you know, conversation. I think anytime you have a conversation, you, you, you're able to, to empathize and kind of, you know, just just chill out and just empathize and, and listen and hear it out. So, my to answer your question, my, my 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 first words was, you know, hey, I love you, and um, also I want to fight you because yeah. this isn't this isn't this isn't right. But um, yeah. Wow! And how many times have I said those same words to the Lord? <laughs> Seriously. Hey, I love you, but I really want to fight you right now because of my circumstances in life. <laughs> no, I think that's that's the that's the I think it's an accurate depiction of, of of what faith looks like. I don't think faith is linear. I think it's it's yeah. uh it's a very uh sort of oscillating between faith and 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 questions and faith and doubt and it's it's the the whole picture of of Peter walking on water and sinking, right? <laughs> it's like that, mm-hmm. it's that yep. picture. That's I think that's what faith looks like, and um, and so exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's very 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 true. And I've learned so and much about my faith in this story, like and what actual faith in restoration and reconciliation looks like. It's been really really cool. Wow, I love that. I think that your story. I mean, you have found that in yourself, the restoration and, and new renewed faith. And I think that your story does that for other people, which um, is, of course, why we're given the stories that we are. Yeah. But you, the cool thing that I remember um, is, well, okay, so you're a worship pastor. You you teach, you preach um, often. And wasn't that something that you found out your mom was doing at the end of her life or what was that yeah no so and this story kind of it really wrecks me because i'm like a, a psychology i wouldn't say buff but i really enjoy it i'm not smart enough to be a buff in psychology but i, I really 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 enjoy psychology and mm-hmm. i i the whole question of you know what defines us more nature or nurture is a, a question that I always wrestle with, right? Like, yes. am I am who I am because of like, the environment or is it because of something, my, my gen- you know, genetic makeup? And so um, I was at one point questioning my calling. 
um, because I didn't know uh, if it was because of, you know, just the environment. My adopted parents are, are pastors, have been pastors for years. Um, but I had this calling. I was questioning it because I knew, like, I felt like, you know, especially after finding out my, my, my parents dealt with drugs and alcoholism and, and all these things that perhaps maybe I was doomed to to repeat that and doomed to really walk that path. So anyway, my 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 mother um, who dealt with um, drugs um, pretty, pretty harshly, she, she dealt with drugs and, and, and spent most of the years combating and fighting and going to different programs to sort of rid, of, rid herself uh, of those things, uh, eventually became uh, <clears throat> not a, an ordained minister or an ordained evangelist, but she preached the gospel. She had a home where um, my family tells me that um, pastors and, uh, you know, Christians and, and, and drug dealers and, and, and prostitutes would come to be encouraged by her. So she was, uh, she, she called it the, 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 the house of refuge where she would open wow. her home to these people to uh, encourage them with the gospel. And I think that answered a lot of questions um, for me um, to know that, hey, this might be a, 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 a nurture thing, but it's also a nature thing. Uh, and yeah. it's not by accident that I'm doing what I'm doing now, but also gave me a sense of peace that, yeah, my, my mother struggled with a lot. She struggled with drugs and all of these things, but um, the, the the redemption that she received at the end of her life was just just incredible, and it, it was encouraging, and, and, it, and it sparked uh, my faith for sure. It, it's truly incredible. Like it's, yeah. I'm I'm huge on nature versus nurture too. Like I always love yeah. to know you know, what, what is nature? What is nurture? And I was actually recently on a trip with my dad and there were a couple of things that I didn't grow up with him, but really like in the same household and we did similar mannerisms and I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it just blew my mind. And, um, so I really love that her, that, that, I mean, redemption that she found at the end of her life was something that will impact you forever as far as your calling and the idea that you can share with other people like, hey, if you're if you're searching for the Lord or if you're searching for the missing piece, like, guess yeah. what? He's been looking for you this whole time. Exactly. And th- that's literally your story. Like it just, it's, uh, it was uh, every time I, every time you tell me your story, I'd cry every time. So it yeah. literally never gets old, ever, ever, ever. I wish I could hear it every yeah. day. Yeah, um, and I, I feel, I feel, I, I feel that I feel, you know. Again, my my mom struggled so hard. Like I, I, um, I have all of her journals, and I, I, when I have the emotional uh, bandwidth to to look at them, I look at them. Um, but she struggled so hard to get sober. Yeah. She fought. She fought it. And, um. And it wasn't toward, until the end of her life that she really kind of, well, toward the end of her life that she really started to walk it out and, 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 and accepted Jesus and started to walk in her calling. And I think that for me, that, that reminded me that no matter how messed up, broken uh, mm-hmm. I am, that I'm not unredeemable. Uh, I'm not too yeah. far gone. And I think that's sort of the the 
the mantra that I, I decided, and that's the good news of the gospel anyway, but that's, that's yeah. sort of the, the message of uh, the message and story that I decided that I'm going to exhaust um, to, to share that message to other people. And, and um, it's, it's, it's been great. Yes. I love that so much. And in this kind of process of, I mean, rediscovering just this whole new piece of who you are and, and, who you were born and all of those things. Mm. All of that is obviously, you know, a lot to take in and it can really confuse your your identity and confuse just like your confidence in who you are. So how, how has that, how have you stayed confident? How have you found that confidence and how do you, you know, kind of keep it? What does that look like for you as far as confidence goes and who you are? Yeah. I mean, that's an incredible question. I think, you know, I think confidence is in a lot of ways directly correlated to identity, right? So mm-hmm. um, typically, you know, I lack confidence uh, when I either uh, don't know who I am, which um, that leaves it open for debate and, you know, defining by other people, um, or I lack confidence when who I think I am is founded on sort of, you know, fallible foundations, like economic status, social status, and things of the sort. Um, and so the challenge, um, by and large, at least for me, is to find real identity. And, and that mm-hmm. was a really, really a challenge for me, um, is to find my identity. I, I, I couldn't find it in my family because I didn't know my family. Um, and yeah. so if, if you would ask my mom, my adopted mom now, uh, you know, what was my disposition, the personality like when I was a little boy? Uh, it was, I, I couldn't look people in the eye. I, I wasn't confident. I didn't talk wow. much. I, you know, I, I was shy, very sheepish. And I think that's directly, directly correlated to the fact that I didn't lack identity. So I think once I made a decision that my, my identity is not going to be anything else except jesus and you know the identity that he sort of imputed on me and the calling the purpose that he has given me um Mm -hmm. that's when my confidence sort of um took a turn for uh the better and so um with that you know again i don't think confidence is something that you set and forget i think it's a daily decision today i'm going to be confident today i'm reminding myself of where my identity is from. Um, and I've, one of the contributing factors to me continually uh, having that confidence or walking in that confidence is, uh, is, is having uh, a good commu- community of people who, mm-hmm. who speak that confidence in me and, and have friends like um, you know yourself and, and Justin and, and obviously my wife and uh, just close friends like that who remind me when I feel like you know, I, I'm, I, 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 I don't have confidence when I feel like I want to give up, when I feel like, you know, maybe that, you know, I, I've bitten off more than I can chew. Yeah. Those people remind me like, hey, you know what? No, this is who you are. Um, and this is who yeah. you're not. Uh, in failure and in, in success, like this is who you are. And I think that uh, is just a massive contributive factor to uh, my confidence. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like surrounding yourself with those like Aaron and hers. So whenever you can't raise your arms, they'll, they'll be there to raise them up for you. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I mean, if I'm, if I'm honest, I, I've, I had a, uh, a conversation with, well, really with God, where I was, you know, this year has been, 2020 has been a doozy of a year for a lot of people. I've lost a lot of friends um, with uh, both through, you know, COVID and the racial tension that's happening now. I've, you know, yeah. lost family members unexpectedly. I've, um, you know, we've moved into a home and had a baby, which again is a blessing, but is also a burden, right? Like, um, and yeah. all these things for me have caused this, um, believe it or not, this angst, this, um, it, it, it for me called into question my my, my calling uh, and my yeah. confidence. And, you know, I was really on the verge of like, God, like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I, I might just, I, I might just run from this thing. Like, I, I rather have some semblance of peace and to be in the throes of what I'm called to do uh, and be yeah. in this, uh, this constant turmoil. And, um, and uh, I said, God, like you, you have to say something, like you have to say something. Um, and, you know, he didn't send an angel on my doorstep. He didn't, <laughs> um, he didn't give me a dream or anything in that. He used a person um, mm-hmm. to send a simple text to remind me, hey, you're called. And I think that just speaks to the fact that God uses people to, um, for, for incredible purposes, to revive, to remind and to, to build and to encourage, to um, remind us of the confidence that we can and should have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, and I, I am with you on kind of relying on that good community but what yeah. would you say to someone who might be struggling right now, like someone who might be questioning their calling? What would you say to them? Um, I, I would say um, that you're not alone, number one. You're not weird or you're not uh, unique in your questioning of your calling um, or your confidence. Um but I will say um, that it's imperative that you have people around you. You know, you listen to this now and you're questioning your calling. Uh, I want to simply remind you that you're it's not by mistake that you're listening to this, not by accident that you've happened upon this um, by any means. And so you are called, you are purpose. Uh, you can walk confidently um, and, and just trust that. One of my favorite um Scriptures currently, um, it seems to change every three months, but currently <laughs> is, uh, I think, Psalm 16 and 8. Um, it says that, um, and I'm going to butcher it, so um, please don't judge me, but it says, I, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. Um, with him at my at my right hand, I will not be shaken or something like that. Um, and yeah. and I, found, I found it interesting that uh, one translation for, with him in my right hand, I will not be shaken. And so another oh, translation wow. says, my, my flesh will dwell in confidence. And so anyway, oh, wow. the, there's a, 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 a correlation between keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus um, and, and confidence. And so I, I, I will say to the person um, who is maybe questioning uh, his calling or questioning his or her calling and confidence is, but where is your eyes fixed at? You know, because we Ooh. tend to, we, we, we tend to, whenever we, um, it, it's, it's like the, the, the person who's standing on, on, on the balance beam, right? Um, 
as long as he's looking forward or as long as she's looking forward, um, she's fine. But as soon as she starts to look at how high she is, right, as soon as she, they start to look at, you know, maybe how um, impossible this seems, that's when the balance yeah. is challenged. And so I think having yeah. your eyes fixed on Jesus and having your eyes um, and constantly having to reset your eyes on Jesus um, is the thing that um, will realign you with your calling and 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 uh, your, your confidence. And so that's uh, the person who is questioning that. I'd say, hey, where, where, where are your eyes fixed right now? Fixed on yourself? Yeah, absolutely. You can't do it in and of yourself. Um, you're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. But if your eyes is fixed on Jesus, I think, or are fixed on Jesus, I, I think I think you'll realign, realign just as well um, with what God has called you to do. Yes, and amen. <laughs> I echo that 1,000%. And it's so, it's hard. It's hard to keep your eyes focused and, you know, your eyes want to wander. We're just so human and we our humanness will come in and it's just up to us and the people around us to kind of help, but up to us to just realign every single day, realigned, every single hour, realign. Yeah. yeah. So moment by moment thing, I'm constantly have to re- realign myself, especially dealing with the newborn. Um, who you know, I can't figure out if she's pooped on herself and or needs to burp, and or and it's three o'clock in the morning. Like you know, hey God, you know, do something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Tell me, but, tell me uh, what's going on with this child. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a constant realignment, and constant realignment. But I think that's the beauty of faith, really. Yeah, I agree. So other than um, praying for <laughs> newborn dad world, yeah, how right. can our community pray for you and your family? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we're in a trying time. Like that we're, 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 wherever you are uh, in America, we're in a trying time. And um, as a, a man of faith, as uh, someone who's... Um, has the incredible privilege of uh, pastoring and leading people. Um, I have this awesome weight of responsibility to lead people through the trying time that we're in. Uh, but I also am a man of color uh, and I also mm-hmm. am. And so, I, you know, I, I get discouraged, I get frustrated and I have my questions. And, you know, yeah. this year has been a big, big revealer of, you know, relationships that, uh, I've held close to my heart, and so my prayer would be, um, uh, you know, for for uh, for for God to uh, continue to uh, heal our nation, um, for for God to continue to um, just lift the the hearts of the weary souls and uh, minds included, um, because you know, if I'm honest, it is a bit wearisome. Um, yeah. Yeah. That as well as, you know, as, as, you know, being in, yeah. So I, I'd say that, I'd say that, that that's part yeah. of the biggest thing now. Absolutely. You got it. Yeah. Darnell, there is no one that I know that inspires me more than you and your story and how you've carried yourself and how you have used it for the glory of God. And oh, I just can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your story on this little podcast. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out today. 
I pray that you're able to see yourself how the Lord sees you so you can hold your head a little higher and shine your confidence a little brighter. I would so appreciate if you would leave a review, subscribe, and share this with a friend. And of course, I want to stay connected with you. Find me on Instagram at Ainsley B. And my website is AinsleyBritton.com. See y'all later.